All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 211. It feels weird to say that. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. Visit us on Twitter at PS This Is Awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trivia list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always, you can write our show at pssisisawesome at gmail.com. And don't forget to share the show with all your jabroni friends. And make sure you leave comments and rate the podcast you see fit, as you see fit, wherever you're listening to us. Whether it be on YouTube, send us a message. If it's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever the hell you get it, leave a nice little thing so that people can see it and we'll be more prone to check it out. As a reminder, we are also a video podcast, a vodcast, a video cast uh, as well. So you can watch a show if you prefer over at our YouTube channel. So be sure to subscribe to that. And for new and or longtime listeners, we now have a Patreon. You can support our show at a $1 monthly level called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to www.patreon.com slash PS This Is Awesome to become a $1 patron and get your free die cut vinyl sticker and shout out on the show like Clint Gilmore. Thanks, Clint, for joining the club. Your sticker will be in the mail this week, and we appreciate all our listeners, and we most certainly appreciate you, Clint. So thanks for doing that. Our army is growing slowly but surely, and uh, it's cool. I'm always excited when I see someone that like likes the show enough to do that. I mean... Honestly, it's like, it's really cool. It's flattering. Um, I was just joking with Jake right before I hit the record button. Like, I think we're the only people that I know that have such a dedicated podcast. There are people who start them up and do them, but they don't really, they don't really do it for like a week or two or maybe a couple months. And then they're just like, it wasn't for me. But I know people who've done that. But to have the longevity that our show has is is, is really something that I'm proud of. And uh, again, thanks to all the listeners out there and uh, the patrons and the non-patrons alike, thanks for listening and giving us your ear for a little bit as we talk about PlayStation. So with that out of the way, Jake, how are you today? This evening, rather? Today was my 13th day in a row working. There you go. And I, So there's two reasons why I want to do the podcast today. One, I was kind of – I was stoked that we got another patron. So it kind of re- – like – you know, rejuvenated my desires. Yeah, going in the right direction. Okay. So, and then two, tomorrow is the first day in two weeks that I will have a day off. Ooh. So, I don't want to do anything tomorrow but play Horizon and whatever else I feel like doing. Because I, so let's just, let's just real quick, let's see, calculator. How many hours you've worked? Is that you're doing right here? No, 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 no. I, I, I don't have the brain power to do that right now. But um, so, mm. I have played. I've been able to play on average about twenty minutes a day okay. of video game for the past eight days. So since since Horizon came out, because I was I basically did how many hours of Horizon I have, which is like three hours and twenty minutes in the last eight days. So. Um. Man, he's glad. Yeah, I, I, I really want to get into it and kind of play more of it, but I have have not been able to. So I, I, 
was exhausted. I'm still tired, but tomorrow's a rest day. Tomorrow's going to be a game day for me. And, uh, well, as much as I can tolerate it anyway. And then, uh, but other than that, I'm pretty okay. Good, man. How about yourself? Uh, well, I'm glad you're you're at the light at the end of the tunnel with this crazy work couple weeks that you've had. I'm doing well, thanks. I, I spent some time. The wife's away for the weekend. Tomorrow morning, my band, One of My Land, is still uh, going to track some drums. We had a setback with the band. It was nothing uh, that we it wasn't like we had a fight or anything. Just logistics weren't able to get back in the studio for various reasons, and uh, so we're going to start back on recording that record man so that's exciting we're starting that tomorrow morning again we've got three drum tracks down like three three songs in which the drum tracks are done so you know and we have to really do this kind of piecemeal it's not like the old days where like everyone gets together in the studio and hangs out for a week or two and bangs out a record like we're all older and we have jobs and uh so i'm doing well uh i mean i finished my hero quest uh journey so it's all painted i've been working on a custom campaign i'm always doing some shit man i'm always doing something fun like i have to inject fun in my life things that i'm interested in so yeah i i I had started this four quest campaign with a lot of flavor text and a lot of and i'm actually right now while the wife's away i am play testing it on my own which seems kind of weird how can you be the dungeon master and the good guys at the same time but my board gaming group is so tiny that I can't play test it with them because then I'll have no one to play the real thing with. So I've got to figure out a way to do it. So I have to play test with myself. I thought about putting it up on uh, – there's a site dedicated to HeroQuest called Ye Old Inn. And uh, a, I follow them in some HeroQuest groups and stuff. I could post it there. But, I mean, when you start getting to this homebrew stuff and you got to like – like I have some custom cards that I created for this game, and I sent them off to be printed, like 14 different cards. And uh, I was kind of annoyed <clears throat> because the artwork isn't great on them. So what I how I did the artwork for the characters, I have that 3D printer now, and I'm and like I made some custom figures from Hero Forge. I designed them, and then I pulled them into Blender, and then I took a screenshot of it, and then I used like a filter in. Uh, uh, Affinity Pro to kind of make it stylized, and then I'm using that for the character image on the card, which kind of works surprisingly really well. But so I did all this stuff, and I sent it out to get four. It didn't cost like twenty bucks to get fourteen legit cards made. So hopefully in ten days I have them, and they look well, and they they are good enough. My ultimate goal, <laughs> and I'm going way off on a tangent, but I think the listeners will appreciate the dedication. You know. And the ultimate goal is to all is to uh, get the cards made, and I have uh, five bosses in this game that I've made designs for, and I'm going to print them on my home printer and get them painted, and then, like I said, I got the the 14 cards, those, and then. I have a booklet of quests for it and a lot of like introduction, epilogue, and an intermission section that all play into the story of these four quests. Uh, and I'm going to get that printed. And then what I'm going to do is my buddy Mike, who did the album artwork for My Gasoline Heart, is also a huge nerd and he has Hero Quest. And he goes, dude, I'm all in. I'll help you design box art. We're going to get a custom box printed, which doesn't cost really a whole lot. You can get a like, custom little game box for like 15 bucks. And if he does the artwork and lays it all out, it's going to be fucking awesome. So 
I'm so excited. But I'm playtesting that at the moment while the wife's gone because it takes up the whole dinner table. And I'm not fucking pulling that thing in and out of the box if I don't have to because there's a lot of pieces, right? And when I'm playtesting, I'm marking up the book and stuff with adjustments that I need to make, the difficulty and the enemies. And, like, it's really fun, man. It's it's a good time. Anyways, that's what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> it's so nerdy. But I love it. Hey, it's cool you're able to actually spend time on it and yeah. do get what you want to do. And are you planning on like like posting this online for people to be able to do? Yeah, the dice it, tower. Like, really sh- yeah, the dice tower yeah. I designed got a lot of <clears throat> a lot of praise. Uh, it got passed around a lot. In fact, what's really cool about it, I don't think I brought it up on the show, but this guy from uh, the Netherlands. Um, sent me a picture of him printing the dice tower I designed. I'm like, dude, this is like fucking uh, Star Trek shit. It's like we're faxing objects to one another now. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like, okay, I'm going to fax something that's going to print it somewhere else on paper, but like, I took a file, he got it, and now he has like the plastic dice tray at his house. It's so fucking wild in the Netherlands. How weird. Yeah. We're in a weird... Man, we're we're really doing some cool stuff with technology. But anyways, yeah. So that's kind of the thing, man, that I've been kind of high on lately is recording music and then doing this hero quest shit and how all my pieces are painted. And I want to get a I want to get like a bi-weekly or weekly group together to just run some dungeons, you know. And that's a way easier game and it's it's way more fun, I think, than some of the shit that you know, we've gotten into in the past with board games because hero quest is like one of those games you could just kind of drink and have down a couple and, and joke around and, and just roll some dice and not have to really worry about like all the technicalities of some of those board gaming games. So anyways, that's what I'm doing, man. You wanna talk about what we're playing? You said you're playing a little bit of Horizon? Yeah, I mean I it, yeah, I I think from the last time we podcasted, to be fair, it's been a short week because we podcasted on what, Monday or something? I don't remember. I think it was Monday. Dude, Wednesday. And it was Wednesday? Tuesday. No, it's Tuesday because you're going to release it on Wednesday. Okay, so. No, dude, I released yeah. it on the day we recorded it. I swear we released it on Wednesday. The listeners can correct us if we're wrong. I think we did it on Wednesday. I'll tell you right now. So it's been it was February twenty second. What day? February twenty second, which was Tuesday. We did it on Tuesday. We did it on Tuesday. Then I released it on Tuesday. Then. So five. Four days. Whatever days ago. Surprisingly, there's a lot of news between then and now. Yeah, there's but, enough. Um, we had a lot of news. A lot, a lot of news last. It was a too. great episode but, last episode. Yeah. I don't, I don't even uh, remember where I was going. Oh. Horizon. So the last time we talked, I like was like two hours and some in where you like finally get to the open area, yeah. the little open area there, yeah. and you know, you're <laughs> with like chain scraping all that shit. And so I did um, basically the first thing where you like upgrade your bow, and then you go and you meet Aaron, uh, <laughs> the guy from the hog. Yeah, um, who looks like the fucking lead singer of Sabaton without mm. his glasses. Um, I don't know if you know who Sabaton is, but, like, if you just look up Sabaton and, like, look up the lead singer, they look fucking exactly yeah. the same. And we're still also. early on the game, um, so it's not much of a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, and Aaron, <coughs> excuse me, Aaron is a character from the first game. It's not so like it's a not new like character it's a, a big thing, right? Right, yeah. Uh, but, um, 
so I've done like that, like where you meet him and then there's this little like puzzle thing where you find like a like a ruin from the old days or whatever the hell they mm. call it, the ancient times. I, I can't remember what the fuck they call it. Like, Is it the no man's but, land uh, ruin? Mm, no, it's, it's like literally ones. it's like literally when you're walking to from Chainscrape to where you meet Aaron, you walk past this like old hotel. Mm. Oh, I know and, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was I thought this was really cool. I don't remember this being in the first Horizon game, but like it reminds me a lot of some of the little puzzles that were on the map in uh, that I really liked in um uh Immortals Phoenix okay. Rising. There's like there's like all around the map there'll be these puzzles that you can do. And they're like, oh, move the boxes around and do the thing mm. and unlock the door or unlock the chest or whatever. And when you unlock the chest, you get a thing, right? And it helps you, like, make your character more powerful. Now, this particular thing gave me some fucking relic that I don't know what I'm doing with it yet because it, it hasn't revealed itself to me. But, like, I thought it was cool because that was something that I thought was neat about um, – I thought it was neat about Immortals, Phoenix Rising – that like I immediately got some sort of like nostalgic comfort whenever I got to this like little hotel and it was like, Oh, there's a locked door up there. And Oh, there's this crate that I got to move around. I'm like, Oh, that's fucking dope. It's like classic Zelda, like, you know, kind of gameplay where you're doing these puzzles. It's not, it's not like uh combat based or anything like that. And, and it's not, so I love, yeah. I love these optional puzzles. Like I like I would much rather something like this than a puzzle like in Uncharted where it's required to get to the next level. So they don't make it very challenging or anything because you have to be able to do it to finish the story. Mm. Whereas like this is optional. So they can make it as easy or as hard as they want. Mm -hmm. And um, no, I don't know. Maybe there's a section in Forbidden West where you have to do one of these to proceed or whatever the hell it is. But to me, it seems like an optional thing that's pretty cool. Another thing, and and I don't remember if this was in the first game or not. Maybe you can correct me. <clears throat> that I think is super cool about this game and is, like, really gamer-friendly is when you pick up resources like oh, stick rocks and shit. Yeah. That, like, I don't, I don't remember what they're all called, but, like, like the like medicinal herbs and all that. The twigs, crap. the berries, all that stuff, like, yeah. When you fill your pouch, it just... Right. It's, when you fill your pouch, it doesn't just sit there and be like, oh, you're full. Oh, you're full. Oh, you're full. It just throws everything in your stash at the nearest town. So, like, you can keep picking up shit and it'll just it'll just like through fucking, you know, magic, transfer it to your stash in the nearest town, which is awesome because one of the most frustrating things in games is like, oh, I need all these crafting materials to be able to do things, but like my current pouch level only lets me carry like fucking five thingamajigs. And so like, I've got to kill 15 wild boar and like find a few dozen gems to be able to make myself a bigger pouch so that I can carry seven thingamajigs. And it's like, like, it's cool to me that, like, okay, well, now I can only carry so many of these on me at a time. Like, when you're talking about bombs and medicinal right. herbs and potions and things like that. But when it comes to, like, crafting materials, it's like, just throw all that shit in the stash. 
And then, you know, whenever I run out, I can go back to town, fast travel there, whatever, get more stuff out of the stash if I need and to. And there's a or button. I can find more. There's a button that refills that, all your resources from your stash if you have enough. It'll just max your, max out your uh, pouch. You have to be at the stash, though, yeah, right? But it's just one single button, right? And it's yeah, like, it's nice. it's super it's super gamer friendly, and I love stuff like this. Like this is the type of thing that would you know if I was a game reviewer giving games like scores, this type of thing would have to me personally way more weight than it should <laughs> yeah. because like. To me, convenience is so important in video games. And I'm not saying that a game has to be, like, convenient to the point of being easy or, like, destroying the gameplay <laughs> right. or whatever. But there are certain, like, there are certain things, there are certain times when I'm playing games and I'm like, I don't need the game to be so realistic that, like, there are certain things that, like, I can suspend my disbelief on, mm-hmm. okay? Like, I don't need, like... I know I have infinite pockets. It's a fucking video game. Just let me do that. Like what they could have done. Yeah, what they could have done was make you the the nearest tribe. You'd have to set up some sort of trade route to like drop off points throughout the map, you know, and, and keep them protected. And then you can use these stashes and they'll come grab it and put in your other stash. Like I'm fine with it just disappearing well, I mean, and magically showing up yeah. in town. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm good. With well, that. I mean, the more the more the more common thing and the easy way out would have been for them to just be like, "Oh, you can only hold ten yeah. jiggers," and then you know you have to basically just use jiggers to do something. And it forces you. To me, the reason I don't like it is it like forces you to do things maybe you don't want to do, and maybe that's kind of a gameplay design. But like to me, I'm like, I'm just gonna pick up for the first like three hours of the game. Tons of when shit. I don't really have a whole lot to do. I'm just going to pick up everything yeah. and then I'll have a huge stash of stuff. And then now I can kind of play the game the way I want and I don't have to worry about like fucking foraging. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know. I just, I just, I really like the feature. Yeah. Um, well, and here's the other thing, thing that, it, well, I was going to say, if the listeners are wondering why is there even a stash, if you can just collect infinitely, like, isn't it just annoying to have to go back to the base now to get the stuff you've already collected? Like, why don't they just let you keep it in your pouch? And the reason is, is because some of these things help you, cr- like if you only have so much in your pouch, that means you can only craft on the spot so many arrows and on the spot so many healing potions and on the spot so many bombs. So like if your stash were just readily made available to you as you're traversing the game, you would essentially be able to ha- make limitless all of those things and it would take the difficulty way down. That's the reason why there's a disconnect, I think. Yeah, health potions, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like you could spam the game if you if you were able to do that. Yeah. But I, I, so like, you know, other things that I have just immediately found that I love about the game, the music I think is fucking awesome, mm. at least at the beginning. Like I, like, I love just like the atmospheric. It, it reminds me... Like, I love an open world game that has music that just, like, draws me in. Mm. And, you know, it's it, it kind of harkens back to me. I get, like, Skyrim vibes from it where it's, like, I'm not saying that the soundtrack is the same. <coughs> but it's, me. like, between just the the beauty of the, the, the surrounding, all, of, like, the birds chirping, like, all. I mean, it, part of it, too, is because the weather's fucking terrible here right now. So, like, when I play it, I just get, like, this longing for summertime. Yeah. And, like, that plus, like, the music is very, like, low-key, but very sort of, like, it sort of draws emotion. Like, it is pretty 
pretty fucking cool. And I, I don't know. I, I've, I'm really, the more I play it, and I, I mentioned this the last episode, like when I first started playing it, probably, probably partially because of stress with work, partially because, you know, open world games are like at this point in my life, they're daunting when I first start mm. them because I'm like, I don't have fucking time. Like, I, and so like, but like now that I've been playing it for a little bit longer, just like walking around it, it, it like I enjoy it. I, I I'm enjoying it. I I finally I think the other thing too is that I forgot that until the game told me that you can actually slow down time when you're aiming. Oh right. Which makes which makes the battle so much easier. Mm-hmm. Because like I'm like trying to hit the fucking canisters on the back of the bristleback while it's bucking around like a crazy thing. I, and still, I can't hit them because yeah. I suck. And then, yeah. like they let you aim and slow. I still have but trouble. To be fair, it's still hard. I still it's have still trouble. Hard, but it is fun. It's fun. Can I can I ask a question real quick? Because I got a I got a message from uh, patron LJ, and he said that the resolution mode just absolutely sucks. And uh, I, while I don't, when you're comparing yeah. it, when you're comparing it to performance mode, I 100 percent agree it sucks in comparison. But it's visually much better now. I so here here's okay. You can complete. I'm gonna say Sorry. like I I made the mistake of going into performance mode. The game defaults to resolution mode on the PS5. I made the mistake of going to performance mode and being like, oh my god, this thing is buttery smooth. It's 60. This is amazing. And then I think it was actually LJ that was like. Everyone says it looks like crap on performance mode. And I'm like, does it? So then I switched back to resolution mode and I just toughed it out for like 20 minutes and it felt like it was choppy, even though it wasn't. It was just 30 frames and then something clicked in my brain and I just adjusted to it. Like it doesn't bother me now. If I were to go back to performance mode, I'd be like, what the fuck am I doing playing it on resolution mode? I know I would. So that I'm not even going there yet because I'm really enjoying the the graphics. But I will say that I think that Sony or Gorilla, somebody did a disservice to the game because I think if it were a PS5 exclusive, I think they could have gotten some kind of middling setting where the graphics don't suffer as much in a performance mode. So we either have... Graphics aren't bad. Don't get me wrong. They're still fucking great in performance, but they're so much better in resolution mode, I think. It's funny to me that you say that because I literally cannot tell a difference between the two. The graphics? Correct. Wow. I literally cannot tell. I mean, okay, I'm saying literally with like like a grain of salt, right? (laughs) I, I literally can tell a difference, but it's to me, it's so minor that, it's not that worth the 30. The frame rate drop alone makes it completely unplayable to me. <laughs> I, like, to me, at, at this point, at this point, every game should run at 60 hertz or 60 frames. And if it doesn't, it's like, because here's the thing. I, I came into Horizon from uh, Outriders, mm. which Outriders on... Even on Series it's S, 60. which is a little console, is 60 frames. So when I jump into Horizon immediately after, I'm like, fucking Christ, this is choppy. And then, like, but I'm, I knew, I know that, like, oh, if I just play this, 
for a little bit. Yeah. I'll be I'll get used to it. It'll be fine. You do. But I it's always crazy. do this thing. I always do this thing with these games, whether it's Ratchet and Clank, whether it's Returnal, whether it's whatever. I I switch back and forth for like ten fucking Don't minutes. Don't fucking do that. And no just not even not playing not playing okay, the game. Just I go to a place that I go to a place that looks good visually and I switch back and forth. And I'm like, is it worth it? And I'm like, 99% of the time, I'm like, no fucking way. It's not fun to play in 30 frames. Because here's the thing. It is fun to play in 30 I'm having frames. a blast at 30. And I just, I but, adjusted to it. But it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's like one of those things. Let me think about this for a it's second. A, it's I'm a trying fucking to hard thing a good, to explain. I'm trying to come up with, with, and I, uh, um, with a good analogy, it's it's almost like, uh, like it's it's like compared to like guitars, right? Like I started off playing Yamaha Pacifica, I had nothing to compare it to. It did the job. It's on records that I've recorded, and then it's like, oh, or you could use this fucking SG. You could use this Gibson SG if you want, but then be, I'd be like, well. Mm, I like the way this one feels. Like this is what I'm used to, right? And and like the SG, I don't know. I can't make the analogy. I can't do it because like the SG is just better all the way around. There's no comp. Like you're not giving anything up by, except for money, right? Cost way more money. What's the sacrifice, man? To, to, I mean, to me, to me, it's more like it's more like uh, you know, cooking on a stove versus cooking on a fireplace, right? Okay, yeah. The fireplace looks great. Don't get me wrong. I love the fireplace. But do you know how inconvenient? Like, if you cooked on a fireplace your whole life, mm. you'd be like, I don't need a fucking stove. I don't need a fucking, you know, a little thing, electric stove with all these mm. knobs. And, like, it costs $1,000 to buy one. And also, I don't need any of that. I'll just cook on a thing. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, when you cook on a fireplace – it takes you five times as long because you got to make the fire and you got to get it the right temperature and you got to do all the things. And yeah, you get the same product mm-hmm. in the end, but it's, it's more challenging to do, but because it's almost like, yeah, I, I don't, I, dude, it, I, I think, think that's not a perfect. So analogy, I think what you're like, trying to go, I can finish it for you. Cooking on a fireplace, you get that charred fire burnt wood smell on your food, right? And that's the perk. Or you can yeah. cook on a stove and not have to be troubled by all the shit and have it be faster, have it be easier, have it be more convenient. And you know it's like, are be- you really be- missing yeah. the char- charred taste? What's a, what's a better analogy if we're to tighten <laughs> we're gonna- that analogy up a little bit? <laughs> Is a charcoal grill versus a gas grill? Mm. Because a charcoal grill, yes, technically it makes better food, whatever, whatever. But is it worth the sacrifice and convenience when you're just making a hot dog? I don't think so. There we got there. We got to the analogy. We we did it. Like nine nine times out of ten. I will say there are instances where it's worth it, right? Are you cooking like fucking ribs or some shit and you want to like, you know, to be fair, like you'd probably use a smoker for that. But like I'm just saying like – it's it's an interesting thing. So I mean, we're we literally haven't gotten to the news yet. We're just fucking bitching about Horizon. But like, yeah, I will say, no, I don't know. Like, I will say that I I kind of appreciate your point of view because I I used to be, especially when I played on geek, on PC a lot. Mm-hmm. I used to be super into graphics. Like the technology 
was everything to what I really cared about. In ter- mm. It wasn't everything in terms of what I cared about. It still had to be a good game, but like I always loved that next game that like like when crisis Pushed came out that was yeah. fucking crazy to me like like i played this game at like 10 frames a second just so i could see what it looked like mm. in ultra high settings and so you know when you talk about but now to me it's like i don't know if it's the fact that i'm jaded by graphics at this point because to me it's almost like graphics are graphics now right i mean it's like I can't tell the difference between 1440 and 4K, or at least mm. very like most of the time when I'm in the shit, I'm in the action. I can't really. The difference, tell the difference. isn't substantial enough. Substantial enough. Right. Substan- so like. So yeah, you know when you're when you're on when you're in Ghost of Tsushima and you're riding your horse through like the fucking field and all of the leaves are blowing and the particle effects and all mm-hmm. this shit. It's like okay, yes. I can understand wanting to be on the highest graphical fidelity. You're not doing anything action oriented. You don't have to have all these crazy good reaction times or anything. And it looks amazing. And it like with the audio, it grants this amazing experience. But when you're in the shit and you need that reaction time, you need that like running around, you need all that stuff. Like to me, highest frame rate is the only way to go unless it's like literally like drops the resolution to like 720p just to get frame rate or something like okay yes we there there are both versions yeah both versions look really good i you know i would i would definitely not say it looks like garbage on performance mode it looks fucking fantastic i just there's something about playing it on the the resolution mode to me now that also i will say I will say, and I, this I think this makes a big difference. Mm. Sorry to cut you off, but you play on a much larger TV than I do. I do, yeah. So oh, I have a sixty-five I, or fifty-five. I think I have a. 65. I have a fifty-five. I have a, 65. I have a fifty-five inch TV, and I think you have a sixty-five. And I sit about the same distance away from my TV as you do. Yeah. So to me, I, the difference in resolution is almost non-existent mm. because my TV is smaller so as far away as I am I can't tell the difference right. whereas you are sitting closer relatively compared to the size of your screen yeah. so that increase in resolution probably makes a huge visual difference to you yeah and to me it to me it's noticeable I'm not even a graphic nerd but I'll tell you what it wasn't easy once I once I flipped that fucking switch to go to performance it was not easy to come back and and I did it and it took me about 20 minutes and then something clicked in my brain and I was like oh yeah this this is fine I'm used to it already like it's weird it's yeah. a really weird thing to do like you have to trick your brain to like be okay with it I did it with Sp- Spider uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales you know and it was like that game ran butterly smooth on you know performance mode and then that resolution mode yeah. with the ray tracing and the lights and everything that was going on, I was like, wow, it looks fucking awesome. But, like, it plays like shit. It felt like it played like shit. I, I, I hate... I wish more games... I wish more games would do the Ratchet and Clank thing and have a middle setting that's, like, ray tracing with lower resolution. Yeah, 100%. Because I think it really... And maybe that is what performance mode is on Horizon. I I, have I don't know have no what idea, it is. I'd like to see like, the Digital Foundry stuff on it. If they did it, yeah, I don't know if they have. Hey, let's go. Let's get on with the show. Are you playing anything else? No, no. Okay. But I oh, Horizon related. I almost had a corrupted game file. Uh, it sucks. 
but I found a workaround. There was a relic puzzle. There are games in Horizon that are locked, and there are certain ways to open them. Uh, usually it involves a puzzle or something, right? You have to get it from the other side, and you got to figure out how to get there. And sometimes you got to use this semi-spoilers, like an explosion thing that you get eventually. We can blow up the areas, right? Some of those puzzles require that. And when you get the thing, they show up on your map, and then you can find those and get all the explosions, get all the things behind the secret, secret areas. And once you get them, it clears that off your map as a to-do thing. Like it takes a little icon, and it just disappears, so you know that you've done it. I got to this place called No Man's Land. No Man's Land, it's a ruin, and there's a relic inside. And I posted like a 35-second video where I literally uh, got to it, walked right through the locked door. The door didn't open. It was still intact. I just went right through it, my character, and the relic was right there, and I grabbed it. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I shouldn't have been able to do that. (laughs) And then I looked... And all the places that I had blown up should have disappeared, but they remained on the map, and I didn't get the skill points for grabbing the relic, and the game had, like, I had saved it, because there's no, I had done all this shit, and it was saved, it was saved, so it was done. I was like, well, if I just reload it, maybe it'll, like, acknowledge it. I reloaded it, and it was still... It was showing incomplete, like I didn't have the relic, but I couldn't go get it. So then I tried to like go around the way you're supposed to go. And and this specific one required you to take a battery cell, charge it, and then take the charged battery cell through another puzzle and load it into this thing. And then it's supposed to power up a terminal that you type a code in, and then the code should open the door. I put the battery cell into the thing that's supposed to charge the terminal, and nothing happened. And I was like, I go, went up to the terminal and it wasn't lit up and I couldn't pull the battery cell back out because the game just fucked up. It just fucked me. And I was like, this sucks because now my save screwed. Luckily, what I didn't realize was Horizon, as you're playing it, makes tons of auto saves. So I was able to backtrack prior to the thing that happened and uh, lost a little bit of game time, but only like five minutes. So, mm. but... FYI, if you're playing the game, be very careful. I, it's a little glitchy. Well, that's cool. I mean, I mean that it sucks, but was that before they released the most recent patch? Which just it was, was today. Like or it was today. So after the patch, and I also was at the hunting grounds, and uh, I was again. I'm playing on uh, resolution mode, so high high resolution. In all of these chargers show up and I'm fighting them and I'm fighting them and I'm trying to I'm trying to meet the criteria you get to get them ex- to explode and, and their explosion is supposed to electrocute other things and you have to do this three times I suck at it so like I'm just killing them and they're not exploding so I'm killing them and they keep coming and I'm killing them and they keep coming I'm killing them and they keep coming to the point where like I couldn't figure out how to fucking do the challenge and I couldn't figure out how to get out of the challenge and then all of a sudden the game was like running at like five frames per second and it's like and like I pretty much broke it and I had to turn it off and turn it back on so Mm. weird things are happening with the game for me I don't know FYI it's not perfect Uh, my my, something happened with my game too where like my fucking PS5 just literally imploded and I had to unplug it from the wall to get to reboot 
That's the second time it's happened since I've had my PS5. Mm. Now, hopefully it's not like a big deal. But, um, oh, funny story. My cousin, his wife, so my cousin's the same age as me. His wife was at like a conference Mm -hmm. in Florida for something for her work. And she won a PS5 as a part of this conference. And they don't play video games at all. And are they just going to sell? I was like, I was like, dude, if you don't want it, I'll take it, but you could just sell it on eBay. Yeah. And he was like, he responded to me. He's like, yeah, I think we're going to sell it on eBay because they're like going for like a thousand dollars right now. I was like, yeah, fucking sell it. (laughs) That's awesome. Cause they're still impossible to get. Well, Jake, let's get onto the game news. We have been dragging the beginning of the show a little bit, but I feel like we're still, that's what I love about the show. It's just, it's just a natural conversation. It is guided by notes, but I didn't know we were going to talk about all the horizon bullshit. So, I'm glad we did. Let's get to the first news topic, Jake. Welcome to the PS This Is Awesome Patreon page. For those of you that don't know, my name is Fred Oakman. And I'm Jake Peters. And we're a PlayStation podcast currently in our 10th year. Our first episode aired in July of 2012, where we discussed and speculated on the arrival of the PS4. Over the years, we've used this podcast to take a break from adulting, share our love of video games, and in particular, PlayStation. The audio podcast is available on all major streaming services, and we have recently made the leap to uploading video content and video podcasting to our YouTube channel, as well as the very occasional Twitter post or live stream. Over the years, we have covered everything from PS3 to PS Vita through the launches of PS4, PSVR, and now PS5. As our audience has grown over the years, we have decided to start this Patreon with the hopes of creating a medium in which we can give you the opportunity to help support our show. And as a test bed, we're starting with a single tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. So with your support at the $1 level, we're going to mail you a premium vinyl cut sticker and give you a shout out on the podcast. But at this time, unfortunately, we can only ship to the U.S. and Canada. But this is subject to change depending on your interest. So whether you're new to the show or you're a frequent flyer, we are forever thankful for your support and hope you can find it in your little gaming heart to join us in the one and only $1 Club. Until next time, like PlayStation, Podcasting, and Patreon, P.S. This this is awesome. As everybody knows, Elden Ring came out. And honestly, if you go to any news sites, all you're seeing is shit about Elden Ring. And unfortunately for the listeners, I'm not interested in this game at all. Uh, but if you want Elden Ring news or Elden Ring first impressions from this podcast, you're not going to get it from me, but you might get it from Jake. Jake, are you interested in getting Elden Ring or playing it or anything? Here's the thing. I'm really interested in trying this game. Yeah. I am just not interested in paying full price for it because i i can almost guarantee that it's not a game that i'm gonna stick with Mm. so like to give an example bloodborne i played bloodborne for a while i probably put 20 20 hours into bloodborne maybe 15 hours into bloodborne but and i enjoyed it but it just got to a point where i'm just like okay i get it i like it but I'm just not willing to go the extra mile to win to, to beat this game. Yeah. Like I, I just, I, I need, I, it's just because of my personal schedule and everything, like it, it's not convenient enough for me. I, I don't have the time to learn the game the way that it wants me to play it. So, and it's the same thing with Elden Ring. If you like Elden Ring is being touted, like right now, it's like one of the best reviewed games in modern history. 
Oh, like if you look at Metacritic, I think it's at like a 97 or some shit right now, which is insane. But it's like the opposite of getting review bombed. Yeah. But like, do you think it earned you it? No, I, I'm sure it did. I mean, you know, like I'm, I'm sure there's a little bit of like, uh, you know, souls bump, if you want to call it that, where it's like, you know, you talk about like, uh, you know, I don't know, products and stuff that get, you know, bumps because of like Nintendo bumps, right? Mm-hmm. Mario games, even if it's not really like a great Mario game, it's, it's going to get a good review so. because it's fucking Mario, right? So it, I, I think there is a little bit of that because it's like Souls fans are fucking fans and in every sense of the word. So I think there is part of that. But like my understanding is that it's like pretty legit. I'm other sure than it some is. performance issue. And so... I don't know. Like I, I'm interested in trying it, but I just, I, I love the idea of these games. I just, I am so exhausted just thinking about trying to battle through them. And so like, I really want to play it, but I've got to find an avenue where I can play it without spending like 70 or $60 to play it. So maybe in the future, I'll say this. I'll definitely probably <laughs> play, it, play it whenever it drops in price enough that I can like justify paying some money for yeah, it. Yeah. But like for now, it's just it's not going to do it for me because I can't like I got Horizon. I got fucking, you know, Mass Effect 2, which I'm really stoked about getting to. I really want to play Cyberpunk now that it's on PS5. Like I just those games, all three of those games require a time commitment. So I don't really <laughs> want to jump in. I want to play Dying Light 2. So like, I'm not gonna have time. Yeah. Well, I will. I will to, like. I will say this. Game. Don't forget. Now that we have a Patreon, and and we got that, we had a gift, an Amazon gift card. We do have eh, about thirty dollars for the podcast at this point. That <laughs> we could we can pick something up. You know. You know what? Actually, I might be able to play this game. Maybe, possibly, because. I do game share with my brother. Oh, okay. And for for those of you that don't know about this, you can actually game share with one other person. You you can actually have your account logged in to two PS5s and the games that you download to those consoles are available to anybody that logs into that console. And but it's you can only do it to one of their consoles. Sony purposefully does not advertise this <clears throat> because they want you to buy the games, right? So, but my brother and I, he's logged in to my account on his PlayStation, and I'm logged into his account on my PlayStation, and basically it allows us to share our libraries. So what I what you do is you basically I'm not going to get into Google it if you want to know exactly I how to do it. I think you've talked basically about what it boils this down to at one point. Yeah, so basically what it boils down to is like I log into his mm-hmm. account, he buys a game, I log into his account, I download it, then I log out of his account, log into my account, I can still play it because it's installed on my PS5 and I still get all the trophies, I still get all everything, <clears> but I don't have to I don't have to pay for it. And it's the same thing with him. There's a couple games that I have that he wanted to play. So 
you know, he logged into my account, did all the shit or whatever. Now, obviously only do this with somebody that you trust because they have to, you know, log into your account, have your username and password and all that stuff. Credit card but info like, probably is in there. And well, I mean, shit. if you have a credit card tied to your account, right. yeah, like they could buy shit on it or whatever. But like it's, uh, you know, but it's a cool feature. And my mm-hmm. brother is a big I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd call him a big Souls fan, but he really loved Bloodborne. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm interested, and he's. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was interested in playing Elden Ring. So if he buys that, I might be able to dive in there and. Uh, Dude, if play he buys it, it we need his first impression. He's been on the show before. Bring him on. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll talk to him. I'll, I'll see if he's. I don't because I don't know if he listens to the show, but like, <clears> I'll, uh, I'll talk to him and see if he's going to play it. Because if he is, then it would be interesting to get somebody's perspective because if we're going to have him on the show and he does play it, I will download it and play it some too. So that there's, you know, we can actually talk about it on the show as far as like, as opposed to having like somebody just talk about the game and us two being like, ah, so like, uh, you know what I mean? But, uh, fair enough. Yeah. So anyway, well, Hey, Elden ring, go ahead. Yeah. There's a patch coming forward for this game. For the gamers who are playing it on next-gen versions, so they've come out and said that if the PS5 console is unexpectedly turned off while playing a game or it's in rest mode, your save data may not be saved correctly. So they are suggesting for the time being, if you're playing next-gen, whatever the hell it is, Elden Ring, to manual save your game by exiting frequently. (laughs) So that sucks. So I don't know how no bueno. I don't I don't know how big of a problem it is, but it, uh, they know they said they've come out and said we know what's causing the issue. We're going to put a patch out to fix it. But so here's what sucks about video game reviewers as a whole collectively, and I don't, I'm not trying to spit fire here or anything like that, but like it's annoying that that. The Souls games, the From Software stuff, historically have pretty pretty bad technical issues. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think that I don't know if it's still down, but there's a good portion of the Dark Souls games. Maybe it's just one. Maybe it's all of them. I don't remember. But that you literally cannot play online on PC right now because somebody hacked them, and if you if you are online on Dark Souls, the hackers can take literally take over your computer. That's yeah, ridiculous. And so, like, it like, but like this game has technical issues like this, where your game will literally have a corrupted save mm-hmm. if you do what everybody does and put their PS5 in rest mode. You you can literally have a corrupted save, but it's got a ninety seven percent on Metacritic. Yeah. So like. Whereas, like, if you looked at another game that wasn't a Souls game, you're talking about some random fucking Joe Blow, you know, AAA or or AA game that has this type of issue, it's going to get knocked for it. (laughs) Yeah, I agree 100%. Seems that way. But, like, anyway, you know, we don't have to go into it. But, anyway, it's it's cool that they're patching it. They know what's going on. Like, I I get it. You know, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had the conversation before about how much it sucks that, you know, games are releasing like this now that, like... They don't know that they're broken apparently yeah, until it fucking gets into everyone's horse. hands. But, but yeah, like yeah, FYI, so. um, if you're playing Elden Ring, FYI, on the PS5, if you love Elden Ring, 
Nothing against you if you love Elden Ring. It looks awesome, to be honest with you. I just, I'm not good just enough be to play ca- it. Just be careful. Yeah, apparently, hey, next news point, Steam's handheld device, the Steam Deck. The reason I'm bringing this up on a PlayStation podcast, because there are some PS4 titles on Steam now. So Horizon, the original Horizon, God of War, the Uncharted Legacy Collection. Um, apparently, they run really well on the Steam Deck. So that's cool. But I don't. I don't know, man. I'm not going to get one of these things, but it's still pretty cool. Dude, I think the Steam Deck... So the Steam Deck, to me, conceptually, is awesome. It looks like a fucking, like... It looks like a newer Sega Game Gear or something. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's really interesting. And it's a PC. Like, it's literally a PC that you hold in your hand, which is really cool. But, like... <sighs> This is awesome. I mean, this, I I will say (laughs) from the perspective, like, I'm not going to buy a Steam Deck, at least not like right away because they're really expensive. Mm -hmm. But to get like one of the ones with the, you know, better memory and all, or better uh, storage and all that stuff, like, they're really expensive. But uh, think about the the whole idea behind the Vita, right? It was like a console experience in your hand. They're saying like, oh, you can play like PS3, in quotes, quality games, like on a handheld. You know, they had Killzone Shadow, not Shadowfall, uh, Mercenary and like Uncharted Golden Abyss. And oh, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. And like, to me, the Steam Deck is the first handheld device that seems like, with the exception of the N- Nintendo Switch, it seems like the first device where it's like, fuck, I can play God of War on a handheld? Like, if it runs at 60 frames and it looks dope. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That's pretty awesome. That's a good game. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm going to, like, again, I'm not saying I'm going to buy one. I'm not saying that this thing is going to have legs or anything like that. It, it may or may not. It, honestly, to me, whether or not this thing has legs is going to depend on how well it plays the games and if it plays the games that got a war and shit really well then you know that's a really big success for it and also like you know i know this is a playstation podcast but like if they get fucking game pass or something on there like it's gonna be i think it's gonna be really effective i think the biggest problem with it is just the price point i think the cheapest version of it is like five or six hundred dollars and that's with like the shittiest storage and all that stuff yeah so like i said I'm but this is cool it's it, it is cool that, that that you're able to play god of war or horizon zero dawn or uncharted 4 i mean those games are pretty even nowadays i would say like they're pretty good looking games so if you can play them on a handheld that's fucking cool yeah i agree i agree well you know what you won't be able to play in a handheld anytime soon gran turismo 7 uh it's actually um, this is interesting. Um, if you pre-ordered this game, it's actually shipping right now ahead of its street date. So people are getting a chance to play this game before it's even technically supposed to be out. And we were talking about frame rate earlier. Uh, they showed on the Sony blog to advertise the realism of this game. A real driver driving a track. And a, it's like split it's split uh, horizontally, and just above it is is the exact same track being played in Gran Turismo Seven, and it's just one lap around this track, and it's awesome. But talking about frame rate, the real footage looks like shit. 
because the frame rate's so bad in the in the in the uh, game footage looks so smooth comparatively. It's so weird. It's yeah. actually really jarring to see because like, that stuff's like what twenty eight, twenty nine frames a second or something. Um, probably actual uh, real footage. Like that movie. Oh yeah, it, it depends on the camera they're using, but yeah, yeah. So it's like it might be like twenty four or thirty frames. So it's like yeah. twenty four compared to sixty. So like the the smoothness is just so fucking weird. But what's really cool about this little video, and you guys should all check it out. What's impressive is like the attention to detail of everything that isn't the race tracker. Because like the view they give you isn't even from the cockpit of a car. It is, but you don't see any of the steering wheel or anything. You just see the track ahead of you, and it's going yeah. right. So you don't get to see the actual car itself, but. All these little towers they have in the distance and all these little buildings and outcroppings and the way the dirt, uh, the elevations of next to the track, it's pretty spot on. It's pretty impressive. Now, it's not like, oh, shit, that's fucking perfect. But, I mean, like, they put the work in, man. It, it was pretty pretty impressive. So, I don't know if you saw that or not, but another game that I, I didn't won't see get, it, but, but looks cool. God, dude, Gran Turismo 7 is another one of those games that, like, I want to play so bad, but I know... That I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna enjoy it enough to justify the price tag. Yeah. So like, you know, I would love an opportunity to play this game. I love racing, and so I think that this would be a really cool thing to experience. And Gran Turismo is historically like the Mac Daddy of fucking racing games. Yeah, dude. It's it's, it's- you know in terms of sim racers. And it seems like they're like packing a bunch of shit into Gran Turismo Seven that might make it a little more accessible, but like, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But I'm I I am curious. The one thing that I did hear about it, though. Sorry, I got this a chest thing, hiccups or something. But I I guess that they're the the, the gameplay of Gran Turismo Seven does not have ray tracing. I don't know if you saw this. Mm-hmm. So like on PS Five the game doesn't run well enough because in a racing game you have to have like the highest fucking frame rate possible so like because you it's all about reaction time and all that stuff so um the gameplay does not have ray tracing Mm. but they they add it in during like the sequences where you're like in the garage like looking at your car and shit so everything is like super high fidelity Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of an interesting interesting kind of tidbit, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're coming into March, Jake, which means there's a new offering for PlayStation Plus games, and they've been announced. So the first one I don't understand, but it says there's a bonus game of GTA. Is GTA Online for PS5 the bonus game that you get, or is there a bonus game within it? I think that's the bonus game. Okay. And it's available from the 15th. Of March, I guess. So. I'm pretty sure you could buy. You must be able to buy GTA Online now. On its own, it's standalone from, for sure. So we're gonna get that. So yeah. I might, I might fuck with it. I don't know. We'll see. I haven't played GTA Five Next Gen Dude, at all. So much now, and I there's haven't so played much any first person GTA Five. So has the has the has the PS Five version, the Next Gen version, even come out yet? I thought we were supposed to get it for free. Wasn't that like when the PS Five was coming out? Didn't they tote that? The PS5 owners would get it. Oh, 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 oh. It comes out. The next-gen version of GTA 5 comes out March 15th. Okay, so we're getting GTA Online then. And it'll probably be the next-gen version. 
So, yeah, I'm definitely going to I'll, I'll mess with that. Now, another game I'll probably mess with the Ghost is Ghost Runner on PS5. That's a, Dude, this game looks awesome. Dude, this game looks I hear sick. it's really good. Yeah, look, it's like Mirror's Edge, but you're a ninja, so it looks really cool for those who remember Mirror's Edge. First person, like, parkour game, but, like, action-packed. Uh, so then uh, we're getting Ghost of Tsushima Legends, which was the additional content for Ghost. Um, cool. So yeah, that, yeah, that's the multiplayer stuff. I think it's right? just the multiplayer, but it's still really, really good. And then yeah. uh, Ark Survival Evolved, I think, is a cooperative online game, and that's on yeah, PS4. It's it's really popular. I don't know much about it. Like I think. Uh, there's dinosaurs. Survive. It's kind of like if a survival not, game. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, and I might be totally off base on this, but I'm pretty sure that Vin Diesel is obsessed with this game. Man, I, think I, I know that's it. like a really, I think it's a really weird tidbit, mm-hmm. but like that's to me that's really funny. Like I think he like wanted to be in the game or wanted to like have like some like development capacity or like ownership over. I, there was something really weird about Vin Diesel in Ark, like where he's like obsessed with it and he wants to be a part of it. And Vin Diesel is like, uh, you know, he's like a he's like a well known kind of dork yeah. for as like macho as he looks. Mm-hmm. You know, he he is like super into D and D. He really loves like you know superheroes and comics. He played Groot in uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. So, but uh, anyway, continue. This is a good month. Team Sonic Racing, which maybe isn't the best racer out there, but I hear it's I don't really. Know about it. I heard it's really, really good. Um, that's what I hear. I hear it's really awesome. It's a PS4 game, and uh, let me see here. Twelve player online for local came out in 2019 in May, and uh, it got some really. Good reviews, I think. It, it, you know, I think it retails. Well, depends on the day, but right now you can buy it on Amazon for like twenty bucks. But uh, so it's like a Sonic Kart racer, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it looks cool. So that's a good selection of games this this month coming up in March. I think. I think. I think maybe some people might disagree, but you know, I already have Ghost Tsushima Legends and. Uh, uh, Ghost Runner looks cool. I'm, I'm going to jump right into GTA Online. I'll try that out because I just want to see how that game looks on next gen. And uh, I probably won't mess with Ark, but Team Sonic Racing I'll definitely check out. But let's move on a little bit more. We're running kind of longer. Podcasts have been getting longer, and I think that's not a great thing. I think I think we need to kind of keep closer to an hour for the time being. But let's try to get through these. That game, Far, Lone Sales that we talked about, Jake, a few episodes ago is now out. And I noticed over on the Push Square site, they said it's a lot like the first title in the series, which was called Far Changing Sides. But one of the cons listed on the Push Square write-up about this game is that the puzzles aren't challenging. So, if we could just dial back our conversation briefly to reviews, I'm not sure that that's actually a con for me. It might be a con for them, but I don't want to get fucking perplexed on puzzles all the time. Like it depends. Like if, if that's the point of the game, yeah. But still, then I, that's a different story. Yeah. Right. But if it's not the point of the game, and it's like okay, it's like oh, it's a platformery kind of game with some puzzle, light puzzle elements, whatever. You know, then okay. But I don't know. I mean, 
it's fine. I don't care about it. I mean, I, I would be okay with easy puzzles. If I saw a game and it, and it was like, this game's really awesome, but the puzzles are easy, I'd be like, oh, this is right. This is definitely for me. Like, I don't want to fuck. I don't, I don't want to waste my time doing puzzles. Like, just, you know, even if it's the point of the game, make me feel smart for a moment. You know what I mean? Like, don't make me feel like an idiot in my own house. <laughs> yeah. Sitting there, like, eyes crossed, looking at the screen, like I'm confused. Anyways, but I do like solving a hard puzzle. Makes me feel makes me feel smart. But anyways, yeah, Horizon Forbidden West soundtrack. Jake, you were talking about how you like the soundtrack. It's now available for streaming on on um, streaming platforms. So if you like the music of the game, you can go check it out. It's just there waiting for you, bud. So you can, uh, on your way to work, put on the Horizon music soundtrack. And then uh, The Ascent. We talked briefly about this. This is previously an Xbox exclusive. It's on its way to PS4, PS5 soon. Third-person shooter set in a cyberpunkish environment. It's isometric, and it reminds me of Dead Nation from what I've seen. It's got skill trees and stuff like that. This might be a game on my watch list. I wouldn't call it a third-person shooter, but because I've played this game. So I wouldn't call it a third-person shooter. It's like a it's like a isometric. Is it like Dead Nation? Yeah, yeah. So... It's it's only the thing is is that when you say third person shooter, yeah. people assume like over the shoulder fucking uncharted style game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't, no, no, no. This is yeah, like so, so like almost no, this down. is this is like a it's isometric. Think about like Dead Nation or like a Diablo style viewpoint, something like Hell that. Divers. But twin twin stick shooter, Hell Divers, yeah. I will say this, and I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this on the podcast before we when I was have. playing it before, but like this game is awesome. It has some pretty shitty flaws. Yeah. And one of them is like like the the difficulty like ramps up and down and like it's it's sort of annoying. Yeah. But like it's the environment of this game is fucking the aesthetic, awesome. Everything this is like it. one of those games. This is one of those games where I'm like, this has everything to be a ten out of ten, or at least a nine out of ten. Just, I hope to God they make an ascent too, mm. because the ascent is like it's got everything, but there are some like critical flaws that pull it back. And then, but the ascent, if they make a sequel and they can correct those things, it's like it's got everything to be awesome. And it's got some interesting elements as far as like the shooting and everything that make it. You kind of have to get used to controlling the game. Like it's it's a different type of control style in the way that. You know, you have to basically you're isometric, but you can you can, it's still cover based. So you can duck behind cover or stand up or like shoot high or shoot low, mm. which is really weird to control from an isometric perspective. So it seems a little overwhelming at first because the gameplay seems a little bit odd. But as soon as you wrap your head around it, it's actually awesome. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on the podcast when when I brought it up when I was playing it is that I think that this would be a game that you really like, Fred. So it's on my list. If if it comes out and it's not like incredibly expensive, I definitely think you should play it. I think it'll run much better when you play it on PS5 than when I played it on Xbox One because it ran like shit on Xbox One. This is the game, I don't know if you remember, this is the game that I was telling you when I started it. It took eight minutes to get to the the main menu. <laughs> yeah, I remember you I saying remember something about that. You. I didn't realize that was this yeah. game. I, I thought maybe you yeah. played it, but I wasn't sure. 
So like because on on last gen consoles on Xbox One, it took fucking eight minutes to get to the main menu after you loaded the game. Mm. After you started the game. So if they integrate the SSD stuff, you know, performance issues be damned, then I think this is a great experience. You know, I wouldn't call it, you know, a perfect game, but I think that it's an amazing experience. And I think that it's a game just from a from a environmental perspective, it's so cool. So mm. I, I really liked it. Fair enough. So there's a there's a game and a demo out now for Square Enix's or Enix's Babylon's Fall. And uh, progress you make on the demo is going to carry over to when the game's released on March 3rd. It's being touted as a cooperative action RPG. I haven't heard much about this game at all. I don't know what to this make is that, of it. This is, this is that game that was developed by Platinum Games, who did... Uh, uh, they did Bayonetta. They did Nier Automata. They did like a bunch of those games, right? So, my understanding is that like it's kind of this game seems like it's in trouble, and so I don't know. I hope it's good because I hope like Platinum seems like they need a win, but like to me, Platinum has been in the news recently, like literally begging microsoft to buy them it's like without coming out and saying it saying it in so many words they've literally been like because microsoft bought fucking activision and shit Mm. so obviously they have literally endless amounts of money platinum has literally come out and like begged microsoft to buy them basically and i think that it has sort of exposed some concern about the fact that this game might not be very good. And if it's not, it might literally fuck the studio. This could be the one. So, uh, cause this game was announced a while ago and I think there was a beta test for it and people didn't like it like at all. So, I don't know how the game, I hope it's good. I, for the, for their sake, cause I, I, I never played really very many Platinum games, but I loved Nier Automata. I thought Nier Automata was awesome. I thought it was annoying I that I had it. to beat the game. I thought it was annoying that I had to beat the game three times to get the whole story. But other than that, I really, really enjoyed the game. I love the setting. I love the character. Like, I mean, for as much as the characters existed, mm-hmm. I mean, they're fucking androids. But, like, I really liked the game. So I hope it does well. Just so that, And they, they also made, like, Vanquish... And stuff, so they're they're an interesting studio, and I hope that it I hope that it does well. Square Enix published the game. I know you mentioned that, but yeah, um, it's interesting. Yeah, anyway, a little extra insight. Yeah, thanks for that. And uh, I gotta say, Jake, this is a common thread when I write the news. Uh, despite the failures that I don't need a reminder of, but you just can't wait to tell me. G.I. Joe continues to try to be relevant in the game space. You can now play as Snake Eyes in Storm Shadow in Brawlhalla, which is a pretty big game, I think. And I've never played Brawlhalla, but I feel like I feel like it's been out there for a long time. Like I'm I've seen it for for almost ever. I don't remember a time where Brawlhalla didn't exist. I'm always seeing it in my feed. I'm always seeing it. They're constantly adding characters. They're constantly, you know, there's always something about this fucking game. Well, well, G.I. Joe now is 
permeating into this universe. So uh, your response to me when I sent you the text was was hilarious. It was like uh, something like, well, Brawlhalla like better... kiss of death for Brawlhalla. Yeah, yeah, Brawlhalla like better, better <laughs> fucking watch out. This is the kiss of death for it. You know, because anything she <laughs> touches goes to shit. Unfortunately, the movies all suck. The cartoons are fantastic. The figures now that are coming out are pretty good. But what I have read is that Snake Eyes as Wolf Timber makes an appearance in the, with the character. So that's cool. Timber the Wolf will come and aid Snake Eyes as you're playing Snake Eyes. And I guess Storm Shadow... I've never played the game, so I don't understand how it works. But I guess his character makes it a little easier to chain attacks together. So he's fast. He's a ninja. He's got a bow, bow and arrow. But yeah, man, I just... Fuck. I just... Yeah, I don't know. I I read that, uh, you know, the, the, what the hell, game company, Wizards of the Coast, has that AAA, quote-unquote, air quotes, AAA G.I. Joe game in the making. We'll see. So nervous about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand, like, to me it seems like whoever is dishing out the license for G.I. Joe... Mm. Just doesn't understand Hasbro. video games. Yeah, it's they're, Hasbro. They're just giving it. They're just giving it to whoever fucking wants whoever it. Whoever will give for them money, like pennies on the dollar. So, like, you know, and it sucks because GI Joe does have a lot of really fucking cool characters. Like, outside of yeah, okay, I know that Storm Shadow and Snake, uh, Eyes. Snake Eyes are probably like quote unquote the coolest characters. Yeah. In G.I. Joe, just in terms of their rivalry and, like, the ninja status and all that. But, like, you know, you've got Cobra Commander and Serpentor and, like, all these guys. And Junkyard Mutt. You just think – I mean, think about, like, your Roadblock, like, all these fucking guys. Airborne, Destro, Dusty, Zartan, the Crimson Guard. Dude, Firefly. I'm looking at my my wall here. Got Red Dog, the the football player that's, like, uh, works – he uh, fights with Sergeant Slaughter's Marauders. He's a a badass. He's huge. Yeah, Sergeant Slaughter. Like, if you think about just – like, it's it's a game – it's a – sorry, it's a franchise that – to me, it seems like a no-brainer. Let's just say bare minimum. It seems like a no-brainer for like a Lego game. Imagine oh like God. a Lego game. You could play any of the GI Joes, any of the fucking. So it would be things. awesome. Yeah. It'd be so cool. It'd be so fun. But they just keep they keep literally doing the worst shit. With it's it. like giving it to somebody so that it dies. Yeah, Operation like, okay, Blackout. We'll, we'll get our. You know, we'll get our $10,000 for the license from fucking whatever shit developer is going to make this no non like this nonsense game. But like give it to somebody who gives a damn. Like care about care about GI Joe a little bit. Dude, they could do so I, I, I much understand. They could do so much cool shit like the Dreadnoughts or Dreadnoughts, sorry, the Dreadnought. Dude, it's been a long day. So the Dreadnoughts are like they run with Zartan, right? Zartan's kind of a leader, but they're kind of like uh, mercenaries for hire. And Cobra Commander always goes into dealings with them. They could do a spinoff game about the Dreadnoughts doing some crazy, wily shit, you know? And and you could be part of a task force so that they're supposed to be tracking them down through the fucking swamps and shit. And, like, dude, it'd be so good. 
They got their. Fuck, s- they could do like a. They could literally do like an MMO, like DC Universe Online, where it's like you become a GI Joe or a fucking Cobra, whatever. Yeah. And like you make your own character, and you're in that universe, yeah. and you just like are able to do shit one side or the other. And there are so many. It's like to me, it seems so easy yeah. to make even just like a like minimally respectable gi joe game but they keep fucking it up dude so bad even if they did a beat em up like streets of rage with gi joe characters to select from or if they did a street fighter style game like a fighting game yeah that'd be cool dude where they had like 32 gi joes or cobras and like they're all like their moves are already built into their personas like mutton junkyard like his special move the fucking dog would come out and fight you know snake eyes would would be able to do ninja shit zartan could turn into any character because he's a face changer like you could do destro would have missile rockets it's on his arms. All these fucking characters are built for the, like a fighting fucking game. You know? It's so funny. That, uh, now that you say that, now that you say that, all I can think about is that, like, all that I can think about is that Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are the Ken and Ryu of GH. It's so true. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> the Cobra Commander, like, has no special move. That's his special move. It's like He's just, like, the lame character, but he's still Cobra Commander. He's the fucking M. Bison yeah, right. of G.I. Joe. Yeah, he just does, like, a slide kick that kills you instantly over and over and over, <laughs> you know? Ah, oh, God, it's so... I mean, we, we all know who's running Cobra, dude. It's the Baroness. She's pretty much the secret person in charge you know she doesn't let cobra commander walk over dude i'm not a big i'm not like this gi joe fan or anything like that but like (sighs) the the gi the the animated gi joe movie like has a special place in my heart (laughs) from when i was a kid yeah like i had it on vhs i watched it all the time you know just it was so good. Yeah. Well, the cartoons and, were just as good. I mean, the the, day, the weekly cartoons, whatever, man. I watched that every day before I went to school. Dude, I'm not even fucking joking. Like, if you go back and watch those cartoons, as a kid, they were one thing. But as an adult, it's so smart. Like, Cobra Commander essentially created Bitcoin. Like, he did. He came up with it first. Like, he, he was doing, like, some weird fake money scheme where people were paying... Like they were turning in all their gold and all of their American money for what they he called like Cobra dollars, which had no value, but he tricked everyone into fucking buying them. And he would give these Cobra dollars out. And GI Joe were like, "We can't let this fucking happen," you know. And they go and they find all of the Cobra dollars and gold that Cobra Commander was giving out was just like it was like lead that was spray painted with like a gold paint. And like he was just handing the shit out to people. He was like a fucking brainiac. He created the weather, uh, well, Destro kind of created the weather dominator and the mass device. The weather dominator is supposed to like, and there's actually a thing called this now, not the weather dominator, but it's a thing that was supposed to influence weather in certain areas. And I think scientists were doing it just to kind of fuck with it, to see what they could have happen in real life. But Cobra commander found a way to fuck with civilizations and he would shoot the weather dominator and freeze people and like freeze their environments you know and like he and he and he would get a hold of the u.s military and be like listen i'm not gonna i'm not i'm you know give me this that or the other or paris is next or wherever's next or chicago's next and i'm gonna you know make tornadoes hit you know and it was like so fucking smart it was so it's so unbelievable and fantastical, yet there's still a grain of like, holy fucking shit, Cobra Commander's an OG. 
Like he was like really trying. Like he was kind of a. I don't know, man. He was he was a pushover though, for sure. Like he always retreated, and he always like run retreat, you know that kind of shit. But his ideas they'd always fail, but it, they were always good ideas. It, they just failed because he had no follow through, and he could uh, something would go wrong. Like he'd forget to like fucking put ammo in a gun or something, you know. <laughs> Ah, anyways, enough GI Joe, man. I'll talk forever about that shit. New games coming out, man. Hold on. What you got something? Oh, that's right. You did some notes, <clears throat> dude. I, I didn't put anything in the the fucking. There's nothing thing, in my file document. Go ahead. What do you got? But so the biggest thing that I found mm. was on uh, Video Games Chronicle. They they are kind of digging up some stuff from. Uh, Jeff Grubb, who his premium giant bomb thing, Grub Snacks, he was talking about his insight. He's like a, a video games. If you don't know who Jeff Grubb is, he's like an insider, like a, um, a reporter who just breaks a lot of shit. He's like one of those guys like uh, Jason Trier who just happens to know a lot of stuff. Like he's got a lot of contacts. He's connected. He's and, in the, yeah. He's in the flow. Right. So so he's he broke uh, – he talked about like his contacts talking about the new Spartacus thing for PS – Oh. For PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said that um, right now there are going to be three tiers, which we already knew about, and – Right, he says. Right now, they're called essential, extra, and premium, mm. and that we're one of the things we were really concerned about was pricing. <laughs> and he said that basically they're going to be ten dollars, thirteen dollars, and sixteen dollars is what he's heard they're going to be right now. And a basically, month. a month, a month. I'm sorry. This is the for for those who don't know Spartacus is the theoretical, um, which almost certainly exists, competitor to Xbox Game Pass, which is their subscription service to play a bunch of Mm -hmm, games mm -hmm. or whatever. And so basically what he kind of runs down is that for the premium version, which is $16 a month, um, you get... uh, So, like, here's, here's what I don't kind of understand so let me let me let me drop all the way down to the lowest tier which is the essential so essential which is ten dollars a month is basically ps plus as you see it right now so essentially this service is going to roll in ps plus and ps now they're just going to get rid of ps now and it's going to be called whatever maybe it's just called ps plus like 40 bucks more whatever so it's ten dollars a month and i'm assuming like annual pricing might be like i don't know 70 bucks or something like that if you pay, pay for a year once or something um so with that, you just get like what you get now for PS Plus, and then for the uh, let me see here. So sorry, I'm, I'm kind of reading it on the on the fly, but uh, basically for the extra tier, you get anything on PS now that's on PS now at this moment that's downloadable. So not all the streaming games or anything, but the downloadable titles. So that's anything PS4, PS5. And that that's like 250 to 300 games. So that would be comparable to what Game Pass is at this moment. And then the 
premium version, which is a sixteen dollar much for a month version, you get according to this, it's like you get full game trials, and you also get like um, legacy games, classic games. So, what does that mean? I don't know. Is it is it backwards compatibility? Is it only certain games? What does it mean? So this is still kind of up in the air. So it seems, and I'm assuming it doesn't say this in the article that I'm reading on on VGC, but it seems like if you pay for the premium tier, you get everything below it. Plus, you know, so like right essential tier PlayStation it's a tier Plus. system, extra tier you get PlayStation Plus. And it's, in addition to that, you get like 300 downloadable games or 250 downloadable games. If you do the premium version, you get all of that. <clears throat> Plus, you get full game trials. I assume for like PlayStation game, first party games, and all that stuff that come out. And you also get like backwards compatible shit and all that, which is sure pretty interesting. So it's I only, I only want to bring it up because it's the first like thing that we've really heard in a while about Spartacus mm-hmm. in like a month or so. Mm-hmm. And so and he also said in the article that it seems like they're really close to being ready to launch it so this could be something that we see officially in the next month or so month or two which would be really kind of interesting to know because i'm guessing that like when they announce it they're just going to be like the first thing they're going to say is like okay everyone that has playstation plus right now like they they're probably going to have to come out and say like look your subscription price is going to go up like it's not going to be sixty dollars a month anymore it's going to be seventy dollars or sorry and if a you're year, locked in for a year we're just going to keep right. it maybe it, we're going to roll it in right you know you'll you'll just in, when the next time you re up it's going to cost more money but it's going to be you know maybe ten dollars more a year whatever fifteen dollars more a year but then they're going to introduce these other tiers so that'll be kind of interesting to see how that plays out in like tied with that which i thought was kind of interesting because this is something that happens on game pass all the time shadow warrior 3 is which i don't know if you know about this it's like a like an a double a tier like first person kind of action shooter samurai kind of game mm-hmm. um this is the third game that's coming out it has like a, a cult following and it's gonna be a playstation now title at launch so Part of me wonders is if Sony's going to start driving for these like like Xbox does where they're like, let's get you a third party game like Outriders, for example. Outriders launched on Xbox Game Pass. It was free right out of the game. And that's what made that game blow up. So I'm curious if it's Sony's going to start doing the same thing because it seems like Shadow Warrior 3 is going to be that on is going to launch on PlayStation now. And that might just be sort of a harbinger to things to come with Spartacus. Uh, another, and I'm just blasting through these points here. If you have any comments, please feel free to. No, I think, me. yeah, but, I mean, I think, I think you're onto something with that. Sorry, I'm lighting a candle down here. Uh, um, um, I think you're on. So what? Uh, go ahead. So follow up, a follow up to the Martha's Dead stuff that we talked about last time, where they're talking about like shit that was censored in the game for PlayStation. Apparently, I think the game is out now. It's been reviewed. And so we know that the stuff that was removed for PlayStation Mm -hmm. is the interactivity from scenes where players can slice and peel off a corpse's face Mm -hmm. and cut open a corpse's womb. So I assume, you know, a woman with child. 
with a pair of scissors. So pretty fucking brutal shit. And it's not that they removed it. It's just it's no longer interactive. That's my understanding of it. And we t- we kind of, I think, touched on that la- like last episode. We thought maybe that like it would be there, but it's just maybe not interactive. So they're not giving you agency over the scene. It's just playing out in front of you. Yeah. Then the other thing that they mentioned that they removed is um, references to masturbation, which to me seems like kind of a silly thing to remove from a game. But, you know, I'm also an adult who knows that like, everybody masturbates so fuck it and then you know but maybe for like kids i I guess but a kid should not be playing a game where somebody is like like carving up a fucking corpse with a pair of scissors and then masturbating to it i mean (laughs) that's just me and and then rubbing one out to the corpse right yeah yeah so like maybe maybe that's it i don't i don't know but like and it appears that there's uh like there's an optional censored mode on PS4 and PS5 yeah. that if it's turned on entirely removes the face peeling and womb cutting scenes as quoted by uh, <laughs> Video Games Chronicle. So um, alongside scenes depicting miscarriage and suicide. So in fairness to Sony, I still, to be completely clear, I don't think any of this stuff should be censored. But to be completely, but I, to be fair to Sony from their platform holder perspective, this game seems like it's pretty fucking gnarly. And I can understand from a corporate perspective them maybe not wanting to have something like this 100% showcased on their platform. But personally, me, Jake, thinks that this should not be censored at all. So. That's just some additional exposition on the Martha is dead story. Uh, And then just a couple more quick things to touch on. Uh, One thing I thought was interesting is that Activision came out and made a statement to IGN saying that they're not releasing a Call of Duty game in 2023. So (laughs) which is the first time in a long time that Call of Duty has not released a game in a year. So that has missed a year and and you have to imagine this has to do with Xbox purchasing Activision. So, you know, they made some fucking bullshit comments about how, Oh, we got free to play offerings and Warzone, But like, it's, it's interesting at the very least that call of duty will not have a new entry in 2023. The next entry will be in 2024. And based on, Phil Spencer's comments and Activision's comments and everything, it seems like it will still come to PlayStation, but for whatever reason, they're not releasing a game Mm. next year, which is really bizarre coming from a game as consistently annualized as Call of Duty. Uh, And the last thing that I will say is that, uh, last news point, I guess, is that Sony has filed a new patent for Mark Cerny about a way to essentially improve the performance of ray tracing on PS5. And so potentially we might see that if this is true, you know, we were talking earlier about how performance mode versus fucking, you know, whatever resolution mode or, or, you know, graphic mode or whatever they call it. Right. depending on the game, 
we might see something in the future where they're able to employ this new technology and maybe you can get 60 frames with the gray graphics. So something you can do with a patch, and, you think? Or a dat- data, what do they call, firmware? Yeah, no, it, it, it's like it's like them able to utilize different uh different programs that operate within the PlayStation 5 to allow mm. them to apply ray tracing in a more efficient manner. Yeah. So like like another program in the in the in the system that is essentially just doing like shaders and stuff like that, it might be able to handle some of the ray tracing load. Yeah, like the that workhorse. Allow yeah. The, the, that allow it to run more efficiently which could cause us to be able to have higher better looking games with better performance which would be so just an interesting thought uh but that's all i had i found a few things so there's some other stuff but nothing nothing that i really feel like kind of going into detail on yeah no worries appreciate you sharing that with with us myself included i did hear before we before we head out it was just a weird promotion that sony's still doing is they have they have these things out there you've got these things and uh, if you spy them whether they be like award shows or uh, football game events you can enter it on your Sony ID and as soon as you enter in the code it'll ask a really crazy question like how many hours of this game was played cumulative in like November of 2021. You type in an answer. It's not even multiple choice. You just type in whatever the fuck you think it is. And you can net yourself uh, some... Uh, you, can put your net, you can put your hat in the ring to win a free PS5. And it seems like such a weird promotion that like... It's kind of cool though. Yeah, but it's like... Just fucking make them available for us to buy. Like, why are you like, like we can't I have to? What well, you have to assume though that they're talking about like maybe a couple dozen PS5s. Like, we're not talking about you know they if, have one. if they're holding back like thousands of PS5s for this fucking thing. Then yeah, I agree with you. This is stupid. But what if there's why only one? They're like, well, we have one. We're gonna give it away. Whoever can spy all these things and answer these questions, like like the jelly bean contest at fucking I don't know doll campers. Where it's, it's like, funny. It's funny when you say there's only one. All I can think of is Highlander. Yeah. So like my cool. brain like immediately went to like, well, what if this PS5 has like a Highlander graphic on the side? Ah. And like <laughs> it's like there could be only the one. You have to enter all these contests, and there's thousands of people. It's like Willy Wonka, but you get the Highlander PS5. That'd be awesome. I don't know. Yeah, it's, dude, it's, no, it's, it's, we've been podcasting a while. It's late. Going on an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, let's call it, man. Hey, I do want to say. It's a good week for games, like releases. All the games coming out this week are like legit games. They're good. Let's talk about the games because we didn't talk about the games coming out. But before we get into that, I just want to say one last thing is I had been making the the effort to try to uh, compartmentalize our show on YouTube so that you can scrub to the chapter that you want to hear us talk about. It's a lot of fucking extra work, man. It's a lot of work. Um, I want you guys to listen to the whole show on YouTube. If you don't, that's fine. I'm going to try to put the time stamps on. But, like, for me to – I should be doing it as we record the show, and I haven't been. I didn't do it again, so it may not be on the YouTube channel. But uh, 
for me to get the time codes just right, I have to go back through and listen to our conversation. So it takes me at least another hour and a half just to get that time code stuff set up because I have to listen. You should take notes while we record. I know, but yeah, I don't. I don't because it's distracting, you know. But anyways, new games coming out March 1st. LX2, PS5, PS4, Far, Changing Ties. We talked about that earlier in the show. Shadow Warrior 3, we talked about that. March 3rd, Babylon's Fall, we talked about that. March 4th, Gran Turismo 7, we talked about that. So we're talking about all the games coming out. We surprisingly hit them all except for LX2, which is interesting. Which I've heard is which I've heard a lot of people really liked the first LX and are looking forward to the second one. So good for them. Yeah, we talked about that a few episodes back with I think uh, some games that were coming out. But yeah, so that's all I got. You know, I hope you guys are being safe. I hope you guys are uh, warming up a little bit out there. I don't know. It's still fucking freezing here. We had two days of decent weather. When I say decent, it was in the fifties, and then it just all froze and uh it's nasty again so i don't know i don't know what we're in for but yeah i'm gonna do some recording tomorrow morning and i thought about putting some music on at the end of the show but i didn't i didn't quite give it enough thought i'd like to pick like another indie band that no one knows of and throw it on there but uh we had no music this time maybe next time jake you got anything for the listeners thanks again to clint for joining the patreon nope i'm good all right, that's all. That's all we got. Appreciate it. So, like Table of Tales, The Dark Pictures Anthology, and Twisted Metal. P.S. P.S. This is this awesome. Is awesome.